and welcome to Faith FM Australia. You are listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM across our beautiful country this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I hope you are thinking about what it is you are grateful for today. Every single day that you wake up, there is something to be grateful for. You just have to find it. And when you find it, Send us a text and share with us what that is. Our texting number is 0491-064-669. I'll tell it to you again. It's 046, sorry, 0491-064-669. Tell us what you're grateful for and we will share it because good things must be shared. That's my own personal life motto. Good things must be shared. We have a wonderful show coming up for me for you today, let me tell you. And the reason I know this is because this, of course, is a delayed broadcast introduction. We tell you that every morning. We also tell you how you can jump across the live show. It's very easy. Just go to faithfm.com.au. That's our website. And at the top of the page, you can scroll up there and you'll see a play button on the live stream. You can just click play and then you'll be listening to the live show, which is happening simultaneously. It's just live. And of course, all the giveaways and the prizes will be um, still valid there. Or you can download the TuneIn app. Now, that's a free app. You can download it. Don't get the don't get the subscription based paid one. Just get the free one. Search for Faith FM Australia. When you find it, you can add it to your favorites. And of course, just press play, and you can listen to our show anywhere in the world, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, of course. So there's two different ways that you can jump across the live show. Oh, my bad. There's a third way you can jump across the live show. Give us a call here on one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four. 843 and harass us and tell us that you want the live show being broadcast on your radio and we will do our best and we will light a fire under us to get a live show out to you on your radio waves. Now, today's show is a oh, just a ripper of a show. I wish we could do it all again. Today we have uh, Darren Pratt joining us live in the studio. Uh, he's our resident expert on all things kids ministry related and uh, we have such a long chat with him we did the entire interview with him and then we took up most of our encounter of god time uh talking with darren all about the issues of mentorship video games manhood feminism oh it just went on and on got a little bit controversial <laughs> i shared my own personal uh rather controversial theory as to why um, males, uh, boys and men are attracted to video games more so than women and uh, we really unpacked it and uh, and it's, a, it's really a, a well worth listening to. So stay tuned, we have more of that. We've got giveaways coming up, we've got lots of giveaways. We still have our Nature Superfood Cookbook to give away. All you need to do is jump across to our YouTube channel, that's Faith FM Australia on YouTube and subscribe to us there and we will send you one of our cookbooks. But stay tuned, coming up now we have the good news after this song. Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war
listening to Lauren Daigle with Trust in You here on Faith FM. As we kick off the day, there is already a clue up on the Instagram page. Two clues. Insta- Faith FM <clears throat> Live Instagram page. Two clues up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, hit us with the first clue there, Mon. What city am I? Nathaniel was from this city. Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. He's writing it down. He's having a go. And he's wrong. He's wrong. Yes. Nah. Give me a call. Tell me the city that Nathaniel was from. I'm going to send you two prizes if you can get it before Lyle figures it out. All right. So, there you go. All right, Lyle, tell probably, me. Probably going to be a kid calling again. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when kids best you. <laughs> it's just so much better than an adult doing it. <laughs> so, if you're a kid out there today and uh, and you can find the answer to this one, it shouldn't be too hard. Just search for the story of Nathaniel and you'll be on the money. Two prizes. All right, Lyle, I asked you a question in our intro, mm-hmm. and I kind of want the answer now because I'm all intrigued. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About yeah, so, Halloween, and how should yeah. we react when some trick-or-treaters come knocking on our door at Halloween? Because tonight okay, so is I, Halloween. I read, I read an interesting story by a pastor who um, was doing a church plant, and he, he, he made some observations that really challenged me. So he's doing a church plant, Halloween comes around, so he makes up a little tract, goes through all of the, um, the origins of Halloween, talks about how it's about spiritualism, you know, comes from, you know, all of these pagan roots, etc. And, you know, that's, um, it's a celebration of everything that is negative. Yeah. It's a celebration of death, and so therefore we shouldn't be involved in it. 
and letterboxed it right through the whole neighbourhood mm-hmm. um, as, uh, you know, representing his local, his, his new church plant. Well, that generated a tremendous, tremendous amount of hate, you know, people writing in like, this is what you've come to our community for, to destroy all our kids' fun and all this kind of stuff. So he got a lot of hate mail over it and he mm-hmm. sort of cogitated on that because, you know, every Halloween they would just sort of close their curtains, go upstairs, go to a back room and uh, pretend like nobody was home. Mm-hmm. And so the next the next year he's sort of thinking about it and he's like, you know what, this is the only time, you know, we, we go out door knocking, but this is the only time of year that the community actually comes to us door knocking. So he made up gift bags and in the gift bags he made, you know, like really, really good quality gift bags. It had toys in it, had, uh, you know, little book, books about Jesus and the Bible and um, lots of positive things. Um Threw a couple of pieces of candy in there as well, you know, lollies and so forth, uh, because that's what you know kids are mostly after. <coughs> and uh, nothing about Halloween, just really good stuff and things that you know shared Jesus with the community. And switched all the lights on, sat in the front room with the curtains up, and uh, waited for the kids to come. And he gave you know as the kids all came and knocked on his door, and he'd give them that. Well, the word quickly spread around the street that this house was the house to go to because they had the best gift bags ever, and so he used that as an opportunity to uh, spread the gospel. And uh, you know, I, I look at that as much like uh, Christmas and Easter, where you know, okay, the devil owns um, Halloween. Let's take it back off him. Mm. And let's use it as an opportunity to talk about Jesus rather than talk about Satan and ghosts and evil spirits and rather than glorifying, you know, everything that is negative, then, uh, yeah, when people come door knocking on your door, share Jesus with them. Amen. I love it. That's a, that's a brilliant solution. And it's now, what, just gone 7 o'clock and tonight we're going to have kids going around the neighbourhoods knocking on doors. So all our listeners have today to run out and prepare something, <laughs> something positive <laughs> to hand busy, out. You're going to be busy, Mon. You're going to be busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a – I think our neighbourhood has quite a bit of kids. I can just imagine they're going to be going door knocking. So, yeah, I might, I might look and see what I have. Yeah, so rather than being what's – that, what's that guy that um, that always hated Christmas, that famous guy that um, – Oh, the uh, not the Grinch, uh, Scrooge. Scrooge, Grinch, was whatever Scrooge? he was. Yeah. Uh, rather than being that, um, yeah – Take it back from Satan. Yeah, yeah. And say, no, we're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to have the only thing that is promoted in our neighborhood being evil spirits. We're going to talk about Jesus. I think there's definitely, uh, I think there's a temptation for Christians uh, to to either slam doors in faces or preach at people when they come to the door. Like, you know, we've got to set these people straight on, you know, what Halloween's all about. But I like the, I like the idea that he was gentle and he... Yeah, rather than, rather than uh, you know, straightening them out, he just like, hey, this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love it. <clears throat> that's, that's a piece of good news, I reckon. There you go. Okay, let me tell you some more good news, Lyle, and mm. we're going to head down a bit more of a smelly avenue. <laughs> oh, are we going to the uh, Museum of Disgusting Food in Sweden? No, but now that I know that's there, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a company that's developing um, an ingenious replacement for coal. And uh, instead of burning coal, um, they have this new fuel which emits zero harmful emissions. And guess what it's made from, Lyle? And I've always thought this as a kid. Why coal. No, no. It's made coal from- is made from coal usually. No, no, no. It's a new, full, a new fuel okay, that replaces right. oh, it coal. It replaces coal. Yeah, it replaces yeah, yeah. coal. So right. instead of burning coal, they can now burn this and it, it emits zero harmful emissions. And it's made from sewage. Oh, that is! You, you did say we were going down a disgusting path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's, it's so a, it runs off methane. 
It's a it's a company um, called Ingela. It's a business, a uh, Spanish business actually, that created a bicarbon product um, called biochar out of sewage waste. And in addition to the little pellets uh, giving off zero CO two emissions, they also give off surprisingly low rates of harmful substances such as sulfur, nitrogen, and chlorine. And uh, and they said under specific pressure and temperature conditions, twenty bars and two hundred degrees Celsius, we dehydrate the organic matter and siphon off the humid matter in liquid form. In other words, we concentrate ninety five percent of the carbon in the waste. So not only does that um, does the biochar offer like a perfect sustainable replacement for burning coal, it also offers a more sustainable solution for sewage treatment, which I am so all for. So the standard right now, the standard composting process is um, that is currently utilised in most waste treatment facilities requires thirty days of energy and maintenance to deal with our waste. Wow. So at the moment we have like two problems, you know, the problem of coal and the problem that our sewage takes like a month. And lots of energy and maintenance and manpower to deal with. So why not combine the two problems and solve them both? So this company um, uses a process called hydrothermal carbonization to burn off all the harmful substances in the sewage until it becomes a hard, dry pellet of fuel. And <laughs> you're smiling at me. The process actually only takes about six, six to eight hours to complete. And, uh, and because it's kept within a sealed tank, there is... No bad smells as a result of the procedure. So not that smelly after all. And uh, and also this company can recycle other forms of bio waste into this, this fabulous biochar as well. So they use organic collection of trash, organic portion uh, of whatever of whatever they've collected through the municipal waste, uh, sewage from treatment plants and even waste from gardening. So they can use – biochar is also what they – remember how I told you a few weeks ago about the, the shipping container in which they created a cloud? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so biochar is also something that they use to fuel that. So you can see here the biochar is actually quite good stuff and we should be – we should definitely be exploring this. I mean, it, it sounds like it would solve quite a problem because we have an endless supply – as long as the world shall last. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> of, of, uh, of sewage, unless for some reason the entire planet gets constipated. <laughs> but That would be unlikely to all happen on one yeah, day. Yeah, this will never, we'll never run out of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's oil or coal or any other natural resource. Like this natural resource is going to be around forever. Um, so the CEO said that, um, it's a woman actually, I'm very proud of this. She and her business partners are already negotiating with the majority of Spanish waste facilities about implementing their process in the, um, in the near future. So there's several sewage plants in Italy, Spain and the UK that have already started using the process to treat thousands of tonnes of waste. So this is already underway, which is great. That's amazing. Yeah, and they said that with the way the company is progressing, um, they'll be diverting half a million tonnes of carbon from the atmosphere by 2022. Which is not that far away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, often you hear about these, like, yes, in 2050 or, you know, this kind of thing. But this is only like, uh, what, three years away? So, yeah, this is really exciting. I, and it's so good because, I, you know, as a little kid, we always wonder where the stuff goes when you flush the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you get older and you realize they just put it out in pits and they treat it and it's disgusting. You're like, man, there's going to be a better solution than that, right? But we haven't really come up with a great solution for sewage. This is fabulous. I feel like this is where we should have gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to begin with. Anyway. Can we talk about museums? Sweden's Museum of Disgusting <laughs> Food? Do you really have to? <laughs> a museum of Disgusting Food. Take a photo. Take a look at this picture right here. Ew, Lyle, 
Wales, South Wales. That's disgusting. I stumbled, I stumbled on this story while I was having breakfast this morning and it was like, oh dear. Breakfast was over? <laughs> breakfast was over. He's just showing me a picture of a bat <laughs> on a lettuce leaf it, on a it, plate. It, it includes some foods that are so disgusting that they're like they're a national kind of dish kind of thing, but they're uh-huh. only ever eaten outside because the smell is so bad and they're only oh, ever eaten. They're only ever eaten by um, drinking very strong alcohol with it. To break it down. Yeah, to, to, to numb your mouth before you put it in your mouth. Oh, why would they do this to themselves? <coughs> but in the Museum of Disgusting Food, there, of course, is Vegemite. No. <laughs> no. How dare they? Burn them to the ground. How dare they? Outrageous, Lyle.
Welcome back, guys. That was Torin Wells with Known. You're listening to Faith FM. We are about to have another clue for our quiz. And it's a what city am I? So yes. let's figure out what this one is. Okay, Lyle still doesn't know it, but the next clue is this city is located in Galilee. And he's still wrong. Nah. He's writing down guesses on his Peter's paper <coughs> and he's got it wrong. So give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer, 0491-064-669. Tell us what you think it is. And uh, if you win, you get two prizes. There you go. All right, so we were talking about earlier, we mentioned that we're going to talk about um, why it is that the uptake of computer games amongst girls is a lot lower than amongst boys. Yeah, yes. And uh, there's some new uh, discussions taking place, um, and um, this was uh, information that uh, came from Alice Clark, who's a professional gaming reviewer. Um, she runs the Diversity Lounge at PAX Australia, one of the world's largest gaming conventions. Okay. And so she started this conversation um, because a lot of female gamers are quitting, um, and particularly online multiplayer games. Okay. And the reason being is because of offensive messages and graphic images that are being constantly thrown at them. And what I wanted to do was to explore a little bit of the reasons behind this. You know, why is the gaming environment such a toxic environment? You know, when you look at, say, for instance, Facebook, uh, Facebook is dominated by women mm-hmm. and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, much is higher it? percentage, much higher percentage of women and girls on Facebook than on um, than, than men and boys. But um, <coughs> yeah, we, we you know she found that um, you know when Xbox gave ability to have a camera that suddenly. All of these girls were flooded with, you know, things like dick pics and and disgusting messages, and uh, she was being called idiot, dumb, um, a bitch, a lesbo, a terrorist, a terrorist, worse names than that that we you know won't mention on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, she was a young teenager at the time; she was, I think, twelve years old at the time. And there would be, you know, comments coming through, OMG, total rape age, all of this kind of stuff, oh, that's uh, really, disgusting. really violent and really heavy, disgusting. Um, you know, an, an, an offensive yeah. uh, stuff coming through from from these guys. So, so Xbox has a a camera um, capability, so you can now see who it is. Your yeah on yeah. a multiplayer game. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. which 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 you know, from a lot of lot of points, it makes a lot of sense. You know, that's going to add to the um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the whole gaming experience. You get together with your mates, and you'll jump on you know games. You can you know talk to each other, see each other, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, um, <coughs> and, and, then, and then she found that she was being tracked down and stalked on social media, oh. all this kind of stuff. And, of course, this turns out to be something that's quite common. And so girls are really, really staying away from it. And the thing that's going through my mind is this. I don't meet that many guys that are, you know, you know that, that, that are just horrid like that. Mm-hmm. Why is it? that the gaming environment just brings out the worst of the worst? That's a great question. Um, Swinbourne University lecturer uh, Laura Crawford, who lectures in game design, um, her class, only 20% of the uptake in her class is, uh, is female. And so I'd like to toss a, a number of thoughts out there for discussion, and I would like to hear back from you guys in the community. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491 
Why is it that the gaming environment brings out such bad behaviour? We don't see it on the street. We don't, you know, it, we see it, but not at this level. You know, we don't see it on the street. We don't see it in, you know, even in Facebook, you know, because we talk about online bullying and this kind of thing. Why is it so much exacerbated in the gaming environment? And I'd like to begin by suggesting a couple of ideas. First of all, when you lock yourself in a room and stare at a screen for hours, this is a very unnatural environment. This is an environment that is going to um, produce negative thoughts rather than positive thoughts. Um, it's going to, you know, encourage uh, depression. We all we all know that. Yeah. You know, the people that spend time looking, you know, the people that spend time surrounded by four walls, walls are much more susceptible to depression, negative thoughts, negative behaviour, which then, you know, gives the opportunity for them to, or the, or the possibility for them to, to lash out. In really negative ways. Giving giving teenagers video games is one of the most unhealthy things you can do for yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. One of the most uh, unhealthy Particularly if you things. want them to have a social life because yeah. we found from uh, um, several you know ad hoc surveys and so forth that uh, gamers are the least likely or the least um, attractive um, attribute that girls are looking for. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to stay single and you don't want to have a uh, girlfriend ever, become a gamer. Yeah, and it's it's not just for their mental health; it's for their physical health as well. Like there is just nothing healthy about video games. No, it's, for it's, social health yeah. for any for any realm of health. It's just giving giving your kids video games is a bad move. Absolutely, um, and so so that's that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, of course, is the nature of the games themselves. Mm. Okay, so the nature of the games themselves is violence a lot of the time. You know, a large portion of games revolve around some form of violence. You know, even. Even if you look at your very innocuous games like, um, you know, racing cars and stuff like that, which, um, you know, from a cool perspective, it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could probably see myself taking one of those things for a, a spin around a virtual track. But, you know, you've got violent crashes. You've got things taking place that, you know, would in a normal environment, you know, be horrific um, and you've got this taking place on a, on, a, on a regular basis. And, you know, and that's sort of amongst your mildest of your mildest games. Um, but some of them are tremendously violent. And I think if you mix violence with a bad environment, then you have created a bit of a cocktail that is going to produce bad behavior. Do you also think it's got something to do with the fact that when people are playing these games, it's like they recognize they're partaking in something that is pretend, it's make-believe, it's not real. And, uh, you know, because running around shooting people and, you know, driving cars yeah. off rooftops and surviving and that kind of stuff. And so their behavior is abominable because it's it's not real. And so when they interact with other people on there, they continue their abominable behavior, their bad behavior, because they feel like there's a disconnect and it's not really them and it's not really real life. I think I think that's a very valid point and I think it's something that we need to explore. We need to have this conversation. You yeah. Know, why is this taking place and how do we solve it? What is the solution right here? Um because maybe these guys are quite nice in, in you know, out in society. Well, that's the thing. I don't meet that street. many really, you know, totally misogynistic guys that are just, you know, treat women like absolute dirt all the maybe time. You, maybe you do and you just don't realise it. Maybe they're fine in public and then when they're on their games, they just say horrible things to each other through, you know. And this is the thing. If you if you lower inhibitions and you um, focus on something that is, that, that, that is um, you know, Negative, violent, etc. It's it's uh, it's going to bring out the worst of the worst because the simple reality is that 
every person has it within them to do and to say terrible things. Mm. Create the right environment and you can get the best of the best people who just do horrific things. We know this uh, from history. We know that it's a part of human nature that, you know, we have to admit that within ourselves we have this capability. Um, it's just a matter of not creating an environment where that capability comes out. Exactly. Um, you know, and of course, the, the the most important part of that is staying connected with Jesus. And my question is, would Jesus be involved in this? Would Jesus be a gamer? Would Jesus be sitting down with a bunch of kids and blowing stuff up? And yeah, you know, and we do not want to nurture that side of our characters. Yeah, we want to nurture the, the side that you know is connected to Jesus, and that Jesus would nurture. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the higher powers. The other thing that's interesting is that a lot of these um, attacks are coming from overseas. Um, there's two points to that. Once again, um, people can attack from overseas because they feel immune. Mm-hmm. It's a different country. There's different legislation. They can say whatever they want. They can get away with whatever they want. And it's a long, long way away. But this then raises an issue that we were talking about uh, some time ago with abortion, where there are 70 million missing women in our world today because of sex selection abortion. Mm-hmm. And so that means you've got 70 million men out there who will never, ever have a girlfriend or a wife. Um, and as a result of that, a lot of them are becoming frustrated and that frustration is turning to anger. That anger is turning to hatred against women. And this is where a lot of this abuse is then coming from. Um, these overseas countries where sex selection abortions are very popular is um, is an area of the world where a tremendous amount of uh, this kind of abuse is taking place. Yeah, because it turns into violence. Being, yeah, and being, mm. that's right, it turns into violence, the whole um, incel movement, you know, involuntarily celibate or yep. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen how badly that can go. And so, yes, our world is a mess. Um, gaming might be a place that you might want to avoid. In fact, I'd say live a real life for goodness sake. Yeah, amen. You know, do some real things, enjoy life. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took on flesh Fullness of God in helpless babe This gift
me home here in the park of Christ. I'll stand. And that was uh, Keith and Kristen Getty and Alison Krauss with In Christ Alone here on Faith FM. We have Darren Pratt joining joining us in the studio, and I think that's a great thing because we've just been talking about kids and gaming and uh, some of the challenges that we have in our world, particularly with uh, young men that have a bad attitude towards women. And Darren's actually got a story that's going to relate to that somewhat. But before we get to that, another clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed. Okay, so this is our third clue for what city am I? Lyle still doesn't know it, which is perfect. I'm going through all my Galilean cities and I'm just drawing a blank. (laughs) Okay, well, this might give it away. Clue number three. Jesus' second miracle took place in this city. Ah. Do you guys know who it is? Do you know who it is, Darren? No, I don't know who it is, but Darren might. Ah, two prizes if you know the answer. Give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. I know where the first one was. This is kind of famous, but yeah, anyway. I'm going to hide this quiz quiz card so you guys can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll get this one sorted yet. Now, uh, Darren, thank you for joining us on the show. Darren, you're a bit of a regular here. Yes, yes. And I've been listening to the discussion on the way in in the car and I think, this is awesome. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> <laughs> why, why weren't you here earlier? <laughs> uh, now, so um, we have been talking about um, gaming and bad behaviour uh, by young men, but you've got a program that you've just launched and uh, well, this, this conference has launched that actually looks at creating uh, and mentoring good behaviour amongst men. Tell us about it. Yes, yes. Um, what, I, what I see is... When, one of the young men and young women, I should say. Yes, both. We're talking about women and men, and the fact that girls aren't in gaming as much as what boys are for some reason, and there's a gender divide there that a whole lot of reasons why that's happening, I, mm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the big ones, I think, is um, what you call the fatherless generation. Um, we, we have a generation of kids growing up now who, for whatever reason, are, are, have an absent father, mm-hmm. whether it's through family breakdown or because dad is busy working and away from home and often now our jobs are so mobile and um, that they fly out and fly in, etc. So so our, our society is really um, fostering, if you like, a fatherless generation, which is leaving these boys especially um, abandoned. And, and even in our larger cities, I mean, living in Sydney for as many years as I did, I never worked in a place where I had less than a one-hour commute. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, that's two hours out of the home. That's right. And so from, often the dad's getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. To, to get to work at a decent time. And, and a lot of those just sitting in traffic, um, yeah, you might say almost downtime because you can't be with the family, not at work. So um, that's an issue as well. But so, so, the, so these young boys are not getting mentored, I guess you should say, or, or, or um, shown how a man relates to... Yes, how women. Women. Um, and and you're right. The video gaming industry is is um for some reason it's very um violent against women. Um, when you look at these games, as the kids work through the games, um, the boys get more armor um, as they advance through various levels, and and more more um they get stronger and bigger and broader, and whereas the girls um they lose more clothing as they get through the game and um, it gets to the stage where it is basically soft porn mm-hmm. um, that's on our screens that they're watching and 
um, the way women are treated on those games is also um, not very nice, as you've already said. And, so, this is, and this is another discussion that we probably uh, would be a big discussion to have at some particular point. And uh, we had somebody who called through and was going to send through some messages. And I'm hoping that messages will come through because we do really want to hear from that person. And uh, you can call through if you like, one eight hundred three two four eight four three and have a chat with Darren because he spent his entire ministry uh, working with children. That's his area of expertise. But, you know, the whole explosion of porn, um, you know, when you and I were kids, if you wanted porn, you had to go down to the newsagent. It was in a covered-up bag. Yeah. It was a big sort of shame, a shame factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a secret look, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the level of exposure was minimal. But the porn that you exposed back then was what you'd call fairly soft porn oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to this today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it didn't have the violence that... Um, you know, yeah, most porn today is um is violent and um involves um treating women as an object mm-hmm. and and violent and mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it just makes a mockery of the what sex really should be as God designed it. Yeah, the um, most beautiful intimate um expression of love between you a know man and a woman, a man yeah. and a woman. Yeah, and and so, so the problem we have now is that kids are taking their scripts from what they're seeing rather than because. Dad and mum sometimes aren't in the picture to have that discussion and to model what um, family values and the way you treat them look like. Children taking their scripts from media, and the media script is not very healthy when it comes to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, what I'm here to talk about really is yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's get to our, our <laughs> subject that we were originally planned to uh, planned to talk about. Yeah, and it leads so it leads naturally into it is um, um a mentoring. Um, initiative that we've started in North South Wales called Next Generation Minister. Okay. Um, the idea is that um, we want to see kids in our churches, um, not just individual on their screens, whatever else, but let's put a mentor intentionally in place along them to, to guide them in the journey and to help them be a part of the church and feel like they're welcome, included part of the church. Sure. So what age bracket of kids are we talking about here? Well, we're aiming it at um, kids aged 10 to 18, but there's also resources being written for the younger age group as well. Um, the idea is that when a child um, makes a decision, often at junior camp or summer camp or um, other church events, that we want to include them um, and involve them and mentor them in that process. I think that's a great idea because, you know, I uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, I was a summer camp junkie for most of <laughs> most of my um, my youth and part of my adult life. I, I've done so many summer camps as a counsellor. I was just totally addicted to it. Like my whole year revolved <laughs> around summer, I tell you what. And um, I, I remember seeing so many kids, you know, at these summer camps making decisions for Jesus. Um, but then, and I had had a similar experience myself as a kid when I was, you know, going as a camper and not a counsellor. Um, but when they go home, there's, there's nothing there. There's no support system. There's no one there to mentor you. They're told through. they're too young to make a decision. Yeah, there's, like, <laughs> there's no guidance whatsoever after a kid's made a decision. Like even just, I remember like... I had to figure out for myself how one would even have a relationship with Jesus because, you know, someone should have taught us about like even just like how to have a devotional life or how to study your Bible or something like that to, to keep the momentum going. And I remember just, um, you know, someone had mentioned something about reading Psalms and Proverbs and so I just started reading Psalms and Proverbs um, in my teenage life. And so I think this is great that kids will make a decision at summer camp and then there'll be a network to help 
help them basically take them by the hand and take them through a spirit like on their spiritual walk. Yep, and, and you're right. We show them things like how to study the Bible, how to how to have a prayer life, how to walk with God, what discipleship looks like. Yeah, I, you know what? I believe if that had been around when I was a kid, I would have had a much different adult life, a better adult life. Yeah, yeah well, imagine the difference. I think that will happen. It already is happening. And um, this is. We started doing this just a few months ago, and it's mm-hmm. already taken our conference by storm. Amen. Um, how many how many young people have you got involved in it so far? We've got fifty now. Fifty, yeah, fifty. That has really exploded, hasn't it? It has. And and the thing is, I've been flat out with my work, just trying to put the arms and legs on this thing because it's just exploding right across our our New South New South Wales network. As as kids now see, I want to be a part of this. Kids are putting their arm up, saying, "Choose me, choose me, put me in this." What kind of ministry are they getting involved in? Well, um, preaching and and involved in in teaching in the lesson, um, involved in chapels at school. We had one girl at the school that wasn't just doing um, chapel up the front, but we found her doing a Bible study in the middle of her school playground just because she wanted to and had all these kids crowded around her asking things about Jesus and, and who he is and, and what he is and, and how can I become a part of that. So, that is so exciting. It is. Really is cool. It is. And I was just blown away because um, – I've been soapboxing this for so many years on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah. This is where we need to go. And suddenly it's happened and it's just going like wildfire. For those who are, for those who might be wondering, you have a hashtag called uh, Darren Soapbox. Yes. Darren Soapbox or Soapbox Moment or That's something That's so funny. You have a hashtag Darren Soapbox and Lyle has a hashtag Lyle's Two Cents. I love reading Lyle's Two <laughs> well, Cents. See, it's like um, I, I, I plagiarised off Darren. Yeah, I like, see how it is. <laughs> no, no. I need a brand Lyle's for this. good things to say and... Um, I think we need to start a third one called Hashtag Mon's Rant. Well, come on. <laughs> let's do it. Um. Yeah, mine will just be about mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> or about um, about crocheting. Or yes, or, yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly, you can't see what she's doing. You should Facebook it, but um, she's sitting here actually <laughs> crocheting. What is it? I'm crocheting a blanket. Yeah, For crocheting. Lyle or? Uh, no, this is a gift for, I can't tell you on air because I think she's listening. Oh, but oh A friend a of gift. mine. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah, surprise gift. So you got to get done by Christmas or what's... Um, uh, I, th- I think it's her daughter's first birthday coming up in the next month. So, oh, that's a big clue. That, yeah, that's a big clue. That, yeah, that, 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 that does give it away. That does give it away big time, doesn't well, it? Whoever's listening and thinks it's theirs, I, I love what she's doing. I think it's um, a stitches. It looks really nice. Anyway, yeah, thanks, Darren. <laughs> you need to put up a, a just a picture of it, what you're doing sometimes. Yeah, I, I will. I will. <laughs> okay, so I have, a, I have a suggestion for you, Darren. This is like a um, while, while, while we're talking about naming things and branding things, this is a uh, a, a very politically incorrect one, but I think you should rename your next generation um, minister. I think what? we should rebrand. I think it should be called last generation minister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you can read my soapboxes. Okay, but on the serious side, on the serious side, on the serious side, this is my this is my my reasoning for it. Um, Sooner or later, we are going to have a last generation of ministers. We are. Well, yesterday you were reading Acts, and I was listening. I'm one of your best listeners, by the way, and I'm on the road. I've got Faith of Him on, tuned on my car. That's all I listen to. Okay, Um, but do you have a bumper sticker? No, you better give me one. Where do you're going to have two. We've got two different designs. We'll give you one today. Give me one. Yeah. Yeah, I will proudly display it on my bumper bar. But um, yesterday you were talking about Acts and, mm-hmm. and Joel and the whole Acts-Joel experience, mm-hmm. Joel chapter 2 and mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that your sons and daughters will prophesy. And we believe that's going to happen just before Jesus comes again, this outpouring of the Spirit and our kids stand up and and they they prophesy about what who Jesus is and um and lift him up and and preach our last time and end time generation yeah, yeah, message. Yeah, yeah. 
this, I believe, could be bringing that in. Absolutely, absolutely. I really do. And this is and this is my whole argument with um, you know when I was a young person and I started in ministry. Um, I think I was. I was 17 when I became a church elder. That's kind of young to become a church elder. Wow. But um, I had a, a local church that believed in me and mentored me. And, you know, a, a local head elder there, he was, a, he was a Dutchman and he took me under his wing and, and, and mentored me into ministry. And, hey, praise God, look where I am today, you know. Well, well I, I'm here today because of the same, very same process. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I remember hearing your story about it, but um, I went into ministry thinking, okay, I want to be... Among, I, I, I want to be, you know, I, I want to be that group that 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 uh, you know just takes the message to the world and Jesus returns. Yeah. And and you know, my generation is going to be the generation. The world, this generation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. My generation is the generation, and of course, my generation has kind of failed. And I'm now I'm looking at this next generation pastor. I'm thinking, okay, this is the generation. You know, I believe it is. And yeah. to see what God's doing for <clears> the young people today. We we up weekend up north. We had a leadership weekend. We had a young man get up and and preach. And he was spot on and preached from the heart. And you can tell how it moved the audience. Down south, we had a young girl called Nadia. Um, she got up and preached on the prodigal and told her story a part of that. And to have a young person telling their story and, and um, sharing her testimony, it, 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 it could hurt a pin drop in it the house. It is especially powerful. It is especially powerful. Just, just changing the subject very quickly um, because we've got a little bit of time left here. But uh, somebody has, um, um, Daniel has sent us a message with a couple of observations about this whole um, gaming thing that we were talking oh, about. Oh, yes, because, yes. And, and I wanted to run some of these ideas past you. He he observes that uh, women have come along relatively late into um, online gaming as a hobby, and this is angering a lot of males because they feel their domain is being invaded. Oh, um, yes. So that was a, that's a, any thoughts on that? I think he could be into that. Boys have always been into gaming. Whether it was Donkey Kong, remember Donkey Kong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tetris, and all that sort <laughs> of thing right. back in my day. Um, it was again mainly boys on that, yeah. um, and then naturally growing into that. Um, and boys, tend, I've noticed boys love that networking. And now with the headphones on and, and speaker and, and picture, it's this little club, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, I think he could be on something there in that the girls are breaking into something that's already been established. I do have a theory about it, but it's a little bit controversial, so I'll tell you off air. And maybe we'll be talk controversial. About it. Maybe we'll talk about <laughs> it in the next segment if you guys think it's safe. But we only have one minute left, and I do want to get back to um, your next generation minister. If I'm a parent listening to this right now and I want my kid to be involved in this in this program, you know, to be mentored, how do I go about getting part of this part of this program? Yeah, well, um, having your kids in, wanting your kids involved is part of it, but we want to respond to where the spirit is moving and so that's why we we respond when the kids respond out of summer camp or a, a big camp or a school week of prayer we take those responses we want the kids to want to be involved not saying the parents saying i want my kid involved so it's a, a god moving on our yeah. children i believe that our children are not given a junior version of the holy spirit they're given a the same version that we get, Amen. the same Holy Spirit empowers them, and they can respond just as well as us. So when the Spirit moves on our children and we see that and the parents see that and the child responds, that's when we all come together as a home and the church and the school to, to mentor these kids. Is there a website I can read up some more about this? Not quite. As I said, I've been flat out oh, trying to keep nah, up with the okay. Facebook page. Next Generation Minister. Um, the website is on the way. Watch this space. Okay, I want to talk more about this. Can you hang around for a little bit? 
I'm here till you want. Kick, kick me out. Kick me <laughs> out. All right, so stay tuned. We've got the news coming up. And after that, um, we've got some more things that we'd like to talk about because this is a really exciting um, initiative that is taking place um, and just uh, going like wildfire amongst our young people. Um, so super excited. This is All Sons and Daughters with Call Me Higher. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again,
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Open my lips I will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord I will sing your Faith FM, positively different radio.